0: Hi everyone, this is Headcase. I'm here with psychotherapist Neil Sunberg and online mental health coach.
1: Hi everyone, thank you for having me, Steph.
0: Of course, anytime. So we were introduced through Allison, mm-hmm. who is my artist, and you guys should all check out her art. She's amazing, and you guys are also starting your own sort of brand as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so what we're doing actually is called Be Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, This is pretty much a baby with a mental health counselor and a graphic designer. And um, I think those things are really important to try and bring together like different professions.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So there's definitely a a big gap between like clean, relatable and good design and the mental health profession.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm sure a lot of professions as well, specifically like uh, medical professions, So with, like, Be OK, we're we're trying to utilize this good design, bring it into, like, school settings where that, like, information just is not there um, Mm -hmm. for you. And trying to utilize, like, the creative profession of events and um, other creative ways of just trying to destigmatize and and bring to light mental health in, in a fun, relatable way.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a very cool Instagram account so far, so everyone should follow it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, B-E-O-K underscore design um, is the the handle.
0: Yeah, it's great. And I'll have you guys both on, especially once it's really hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely follow the Instagram because um, there's going to be a lot coming up soon and um, just to keep you up to date on that.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad Ali connected us. Um so you are a psychotherapist that is very interesting to me because I mean you're also pretty young mm-hmm. so what made you want to be a psychotherapist
1: yeah um I think it's a question I get a lot yeah um so I I grew up with really bad anxiety okay. um as a kid I I don't know exactly when it started but I can't remember a time that I didn't have like really bad anxiety mm-hmm. and I think as a kid growing up you don't totally kind of understand what's going on you don't have a name to name it you just know that you're experiencing this thing and it it sucks right Um, and so I think finally I built up the courage at about age 12 to finally talk to my pediatrician and I, I told him like hey I have this anxiety and it's constant it doesn't seem to ever go away like what can I do about it and his response was some story about an elephant, a, a story that I completely forget because <laughs> I ha- I think I was so anxious at the time to, like, finally bring up this story. And I bring it up and he tells me the story. I look at him just confused, like, wondering what the heck this guy is talking yeah. about. And he goes, oh, well, the more of the story is it's all in your head. And that was essentially – my whole entire mental health treatment until I think the next time I ever sought out help was when I was like 22. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was a very long period of time of ten not ten years help. of
0: yeah. it's all in your head. I mean, ten obviously years, it's all yeah. in your head. <laughs> That's not the yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> which is
1: literally the worst like yeah. advice you can give anyone <laughs> to right. saying that it's in your head. Which, right. Which totally, which made me feel stupid. Right. Um, and it made me totally avoid seeking help for like a really long time. Um And yeah, so I went through school um, with this anxiety. It obviously affected my grades. My social life was definitely really shaky. Um, I think one of the big things was I self-medicated um, right. a lot. And that was like with uh, alcohol, um, amongst other things as well. And, yeah, I mean, it, there's just definitely it, – it really um, played a role in, like, all aspects of my life from yeah. both social um, and I'm sure my physical health uh, greatly suffered from it as well. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it, it's weird. I think there, there's huge, like, lapses, especially as a kid and I think in school as well where kids – or certain kids aren't getting – the help that they need. Um, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's, it could be the lapse of like a pediatrician like mine yeah. or it could be the lapse of of teachers. Cause I don't, I don't know maybe what your experience was. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know for me in like school specifically like high school and middle school, there was never like, I feel like the people who saw therapist was like for some behavioral.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, I had, I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of the only kind of doctors that I saw that that remotely discussed being anxious and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and and a lot of it was from the medicines causing anxiety and and that it, all of that but I I don't know if I can't even really remember if there's a time that I I thought about oh I'm anxious mm-hmm. I I don't know if I even recognized what it was at that age yeah. especially like 12 I mean there were definitely times where you're just i mean it's a weird growing period you're kind of Mm. becoming a teenager and everything so it's very interesting but for you what what would what is anxiety like for you or Mm -hmm. is it different now than it was then yeah
1: i I mean i definitely think it's different and with each like life transition or whatever else it definitely plays different parts um for me and like growing up it was just the inability to like ever feel comfortable it was just that same feeling that you would get for like some people speaking um like in public or or speaking on like a big platform in front of a bunch of people right it was that feeling but while i was just sitting at home it was like those feelings just constantly they didn't seem to ever go away like a
0: pit in your stomach
1: pit in my stomach yeah very like physical sensations going on Um, in my head yeah there's the feelings in the stomach um Mm -hmm. just that general discomfort and feeling of like unease just never feeling like relaxed right um and yeah and that was just constant growing up
0: so then um you became a psychotherapist and what what kind of I mean, I'm sure you have other interests growing up and everything. Everyone wants to be like this and that when they're mm-hmm. a kid, but what kind of made you decide? Okay, you know, psychotherapy is what the field I need to get into.
1: Yeah, I think, I think of course there there was that because I didn't get to seek help until I was like 22. There was definitely that interest of like. Hey, I kind of want to figure out like what's going on and how I can help myself yeah um, so I think that was definitely there um, I actually was a business undergrad um, I think I wanted to go for psychology but everyone told me no don't do it because you can't do anything with right, a yeah, everyone psychology undergrad yeah degree. just there there's some truth to that admittedly um, but at the same time I was going through my business degree and I was just miserable yeah um and same thing i was still experiencing the anxiety um i still was probably drinking a lot um and i think junior year i just had this like uh existential crisis of Mm -hmm. what the heck am i doing with my life um i need to do something that like i'm proud of if i'm going to be doing a a nine to five and the majority of my waking hours are doing something like this it has to be yeah something that i'm passionate about
0: that gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And I think I always cared about helping others. That was always something that was just there. Um, so this was an opportunity for my own self growth and an opportunity, um, to, to help others. Yeah, And I think that's the,
0: it does relieve your own anxiety by focusing on someone else and helping their their issues. Yeah,
1: I don't have to deal with any of my problems yeah. now because I deal with everyone else. Yeah, now. And you're like it
0: becomes your yeah. own, become like masked, and you don't even think about it.
1: Yeah, no, and and I think that's the thing too. The nice thing of being like a psychotherapist um, and being in this field or an online mental health coach is that I'm constantly asked to do my own introspection. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm telling someone these things and asking this of someone... You can't
0: be a hypocrite. I can't,
1: yeah. And and if I am, I'm going to be feeling those feelings of being a hypocrite. And so if I'm going to ask them to really dig deep and do those things. Um, even if I'm going to promote seeing a therapist, like mm-hmm. those are things that I have to be willing to do too. And so right. admittedly um, I see a therapist as well. That's great. Um, and I think it's so important. And I think um, obviously I'm a little biased, but I think honestly everyone should.
0: I yeah. totally agree. Mm. Do you ever take, um, you know, like little activities or, or things from your therapist and bring it into your own practice?
1: Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. I think. Um. Uh, of course. And especially someone who who's young in the field. Uh, right. I hate to use that time yeah. as kind of like I'm learning yeah. from them. But I think naturally that is definitely what right. happens.
0: I mean, whatever tools work for you to help mm-hmm. your own self, you're gonna help. You're gonna try to push that on to someone else and see if that works for them too.
1: Yeah. And, and I see what I like. I see what I don't like or doesn't sit well with me. Like I know one therapist I had was always seemed to have like an answer or always yeah. seemed to have something that um, they were giving me that was like, this is the solution. And, I, and that's not necessarily what I wanted out of therapy. And I was like, let me kind of try and work through this myself there is Um, no right or wrong answer in therapy
0: that's the thing so it's Mm. weird when someone tries to like come come up with this final answer and solution to something yeah
1: i mean that's the thing like it's it's also complicated and that's the thing i really try and get across as a psychotherapist is like you're totally the expert in your own life um and so i'm not sitting here as this expert that is going to give you ultimately these like magical solutions that are going to make your life instantly better yeah. and um and I think that's important to like recognize is that going into psychotherapy a, a lot of people come in especially like anxiety and certain things with like I want this quick fix right um and I would just want things to get better and the reality of those things and what I've learned with my anxiety is like It's a process. It's something that takes a lot of work. It takes time. It finds – it takes, like, finding the right things that work for you. Um,
0: And it's uncomfortable. Like, you have to really dig within and introspect and really see what's going on and stop pushing it to the side and avoiding it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's no treatment to, like, anxiety without stepping, like, right into that discomfort. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. So, how long have you been practicing?
1: Um, so, I—I I mean, I've been in the field probably um, since I graduated, which was seven years. And so, like, technically, I've been licensed now for like about a, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been doing this type of like counseling, group counseling for yeah. for a good amount of time, um, like the four years and. Um, yeah, and I've worked in different settings, and, and which I like. I, admittedly, I've bounced around a little bit.
2: Yeah, no, that's um, good.
1: Yeah, especially, I think, at my age. But I found uh, certain things that I like. Um, and I've worked in, like, drug and alcohol. I've worked um, in nonprofits and supportive housing settings. And, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I like. Like, yeah. now I work at a private practice, which I see – essentially everyone for everything yeah um which is a cool experience as well um so yeah it's good
0: to get all angles and kind of know know your field as well as you can
1: yeah definitely and now I think what I'm doing now with this online mental health coaching um is I think that's a really big transition Mm -hmm. that we're taking in the mental health field um starting to go towards like telehealth yeah and Initially, I was very skeptical, mm-hmm. admittedly, because I think a big part of like the therapeutic relationship comes from um, just really being there, and it's very personal relationship yeah. between you and the therapist. And so, for me to hear that that's now kind of be being done um, through video or even through text, yeah, um, I, I, w- I was weary about it. I was like, I don't know, yeah, exactly if this is. Um, this going to be helpful right because there's is an else.
0: accountability aspect to it that you sort of want your patients to yeah be able to you know do what do the harder thing almost mm-hmm. and, which is always seeing a therapist face to face yeah yeah but yeah. i guess with technology and the way everyone works today it's more convenient yeah <laughs> in a no, lot of ways.
1: It, it totally is and the reality of it And we've discussed this a little before. We have the privilege to live in New York City where the reality of that is you have, for the most part, mental health professionals. um, And they're everywhere essentially here. And it's not that hard. It's not easy, but it's not that hard to find um, someone. And so if you go to other areas um, that's not this big city – you're not going to find that. And I know certain people who have to drive like an hour and a half just to see a psychiatrist yeah. that takes their insurance. Yeah. Um, so in
0: this case, it's it's beneficial to have yeah, a so platform.
1: Exactly. So you, you can go on, on these telehealth services and you can um, get psychiatry. You can get um, therapy. And the one thing that I was the most concerned about was that this was going to kind of overtake that in-person therapy. Yeah. And I think what I found is it's actually, it hasn't seemed to be the case as a lot of the people that I see day in, day out are, are telling me, I've never done anything like this before. Yeah. And so I think there's a certain level of comfort that comes from just being behind your phone. Yeah, um,
0: there is. That's for sure. Yeah. I and mean, just people, people have breakups over text now. It's like yeah. very for, yeah, common. For better, yeah. For yeah. better or for worse. Right.
1: And um, that the reality is a lot of these people normally wouldn't seek treatment. And now they're able to talk to someone who has um, a lot of knowledge in the field who can, if they need a therapist, can guide them in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and so with the mental health coaching, this is um in terms of like therapy and differentiating it, it's a lot more like structured towards like action-oriented. We're mm-hmm. setting goals, we're we're coming up with more practical solutions. Yeah. But where therapy, you're gonna get more into like the digging deeper into like the um those emotions, the traumas, um, more serious issues such as like substance use or, um, self harm, things of that nature that I I would never recommend be done through text. But at, at the same time, you're getting people who normally wouldn't come to seek mental health treatment who are coming in. And if they do need to be, guided in the right direction to start seeking help yeah. they're going to be guided Those of,
0: like social anxiety that you yeah. never want to feel comfortable opening up face-to-face kind of thing
1: yeah and i think that's a big one like um i don't know if it, if it's the platform or it probably is not the platform because it's, it's the same thing in my private practice i think mm-hmm. anxiety is just something that very much is growing yeah i think um i think there's a lot of reasons for this i think Technology is probably one of them. Um, We have our phones that kind of allow us to, um, if we're feeling a little anxious, we can go on them. We can kind of avoid those feelings of discomfort. We can turn on our Netflix when we're feeling a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not good nowadays at like being able to deal with that discomfort without going towards some compulsion. Yeah, Yeah. and and I I think – and I never, I don't think technology is bad by any means. Right. It's it's, it's a necessary evil. <laughs> yeah. And, and depending on how we use it, um, right. it can be incredible. And, and just like the, the company I work for, it allows people to seek mental health Absolutely. treatment that normally wouldn't, um, which is um, so important. And I, I wonder if I kind of had something similar growing up, if maybe that would have changed, because yeah. I would at least had someone to, to talk about it. And to be well, that's
0: what with. I'm curious about is like, you see on Instagram, they have a lot of meme accounts that address anxiety mm-hmm. and all these things are super relatable to people because they they recognize that in themselves. Yeah. But I'm wondering almost if people wouldn't even address address it or realize that they too have anxiety and start talking about it as much if those things didn't come up on mm-hmm. social media. If you're scrolling on Instagram and you see... I've seen tons of memes and, you know, Mm -hmm. comics and this and that on anxiety in particular. So I think it's probably one of the most common mental illnesses or disorders or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's – I almost feel like it's more recognized today just because it's always in your face.
1: Yeah. And and I think – what you were saying with like the comics or yeah. those other professions who bring up very specifically like mental illness mm-hmm. i think that it's so important yeah um to mental health and to like destigmatization of um mental illness because i think you had what was his name is it brendan who you had on yeah brendan air yeah and he he like voiced his story about um How he um, tried to – he attempted to commit suicide and he had this whole thing where he was talking about um, how he had to yell down to his mother after the uh, the rope stretched out (laughs) too much. And he was – and I I think using like comedy as a means to just bring the topic to the table is so
0: important. I agree. And there's so many ways to do it now Mm -hmm. because – I mean, people use the most creative ways to come about talking about it, and it almost makes everyone else more comfortable because it is a a light, humorous attempt and approach to it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important as well.
1: Yeah, humor is such a a great thing. And especially um, celebrities who have like a platform and even music nowadays, um, Logic came out with like that song where it was um, the name of the song was like the National Suicide Hotline yeah, and like like things like that and then I think he did it on some award shows, as yeah, well yeah, yeah. but like th- things I like that it was the Grammys or something yeah something along those lines yeah. I didn't see it but I heard about yeah. it um, apparently I was out of the loop because I didn't hear about that song I think I actually brought it up to Ali, <laughs> and I was like have you heard this and I was like a couple years yeah, late on like, that she's like
0: where have you been yeah
1: um, but I, I do think like those things are so important I think podcasts like this are, yeah. are so important because you're allowing people to have like a platform who have gone through it, talk about it yeah. and people listen to it and, and they relate um, to, to what this person's saying, no matter how different the person's life is, yeah, there's always something like that you can relate to. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always
0: something that we all have in common, whether we're in one cur- one field or, another or so mm-hmm. it's interesting so wh- with um your psychotherapy what what's your predominantly the age that you re- reach mm-hmm. out to or work with
1: yeah i mean that so prior to starting at the private practice i worked in supportive housing for 18 to like 26, 27-year-olds who had a diagnosable mental illness um, in a supportive housing setting. So, like, that was very specific. Yeah. Um, But now working in a private practice, I see kids, um, couples. uh, I haven't really – I was going to say elderly. I haven't really seen um, anyone who – I think it probably goes up to, like, 50 maybe right now. Um, So, yeah, it's just so – Ranging. And so I, I see people who have schizophrenia or who have bipolar, who are six years old, who are coming to me for um, a, a whole bunch of issues. And I yeah. think, yeah, a private practice really allows for that, where nonprofits are, are very specific to like a specific yeah. demographic.
0: And so are you enjoying it? Doing, I mean, I know you've tried like a couple of different things. So,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I. I love it. And I think I'm finding more so now what specifically I want to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anxiety is something that comes up um, constantly. And I feel very comfortable because I know what it's like. Yeah. Um, so like relate. I work. Yeah. I work with kids, not kids, but like teenagers and talking to them a- about it is very comfortable for me. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I-, I went through that as well. And if I feel like it's appropriate, uh, I do sometimes tell them because sometimes they feel so alone and there's some people who don't agree with certain self disclosure. Right. Um, but I think for specific cases it's important. Yeah, and, and they need someone who they feel like understands and who has been through that. Right. Um, so I, I definitely think I'm gearing more towards like anxiety. Yeah. Um and then also the, the telehealth yeah. um, that I'm working with is something that I went in very skeptical. Yeah. And now I'm starting to realize and with the um, just the feedback from the people I work with, it's, it seems to be very helpful um, for them. And so I provide essentially completely text based mm-hmm. um, work and we play out just like you would kind of a therapy session, but we're working more towards like goals and we're working towards, um, just things that they can do that will, um, reduce some of the symptoms that they're going through or, or problem solve certain events in their life.
0: And with the telehealth, is it focused in New York specifically or around the country?
1: So yeah, um, around the country and actually, um, a little international as well. Now, um, but we work right now as an employer benefit so if you work for like a specific company mm-hmm. you get our services as essentially a benefit and That's amazing. there's no money yeah like out of pocket for them um and they can get the coaching um and then there may be some money out of pocket sometimes not but for like psychiatry or Um, the therapy, but they have our services available to them. And I think that's, once again, so important because even if we can't address all the issues in, like, a coaching context, we know enough to guide them into, like, the right direction. Right. Which is super important for, yeah.
0: And is it 24-7?
1: Yeah, we've run, yeah, exactly. We've run off a a 24-7 um, system. So anytime you log in, and you could, it could be at three in the morning, there's always going to be someone there available for that's you. That's great. Yeah, it, it's exactly. Really,
0: I think that's very cool. Hmm. Um. It's also interesting to me. I was thinking you you were studying business and then got into yeah psychology, but you actually are in, you're kind of using both at the same time, mm-hmm. especially with BOK coming up and all of that. So. It's interesting. Everyone kind of puts down majoring in psychology or mm-hmm. working in psychology, but it, I feel like it's one of those things that benefits every other field you would ever want to work in by understanding the yeah. way the brain works and the human human interaction.
1: No, definitely. And my between my education and the work I do, it's like this, I've gained so much out of it. Yeah. Um. For myself and for, like, working with other people. Um, And it's funny how many times I'm working with someone. And no matter how different we are, somehow there's a parallel to, like, my own life. And Mm -hmm. so something they say, like, hits home, like, a little too much. And and it starts making me. It's not that I'm going to help you through this. Like, we're working on this together now essentially and we're both trying to get through this um and so that comes up I think yeah definitely a lot
0: yeah so what are what are some things that you have to do as as a psychotherapist when you're feeling overwhelmed by your patients or if you've had any cases that are just so intense that you Mm -hmm. almost don't I mean, I'm sure you're well-trained enough, you know how to handle it, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there are always those days, everyone has their bad days oh, yeah. where you kind of have to get into a different headspace. So what do you, what kind of mm-hmm. things do you do? Was that just the plug there?
1: Or, oh, headspace, headcase. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was not, but that was
0: interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so in terms of what I do for <laughs> my own, I guess, mental health and like being in the profession, it mm-hmm. can be sometimes um, a lot. Um I think we we throw around the term self-care a lot and right. what that means to each person is definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um for me it's taking time to do activities that I enjoy. Um one activity that I'm doing now is like rock climbing and and bouldering and it's something that I totally enjoy and with doing that it's while i'm doing that i try and like incorporate certain mindfulness like exercises throughout yeah um and meditation's really big just generally like however you would take care of your physical health is how you should be treating as a general rule treating your your mental health that's Um, cool rock climbing Yeah. No, I love rock climbing now and and something I always wanted to get into and was always like a looming um, hobby. But now it's something that I do all the time. And I do notice kind of a lot of therapeutic value. And maybe that's just because it's an exercise or maybe that's because you have to hold kind of all of your attention towards what you're doing right in that moment you're
0: literally reaching for a goal yeah (laughs) (laughs) climbing no exactly (laughs) so many metaphors there (laughs) yeah no
1: seriously and and there's something about that yeah that gaining that um fulfillment of not being able to do something for some time and then essentially working your way up to do that that's great yeah that's important to have is is Goals, whether it's a goal of doing something rock climbing or whether it's just a, a goal in general yeah that's yeah just definitely how we continue to to move forward
0: That's great mm-hmm. so have have you had any instances where you're, you know you're sitting with your patient and you just can't handle what they're <laughs> telling you like or just mm-hmm. you know overwhelmed by the information.
1: Um, in the sense of like, do you mean like me getting emotional towards? Yeah, or inflation? you know,
0: kind of not really knowing what to say, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, and I and I think that sometimes it's okay. Mm-hmm. There has to be some level of like humility or humbleness to like recognize that. Yeah, it's when when something takes me back or. So much or when when someone has been through something just so like terrible and and their history growing up, which I hear a lot is just so terrible to try and find the words sometimes of like, what do you say after hearing that is oftentimes, yeah, very tough and. There's been times where I've sat there and been like, honestly, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Or there's been times where I'm literally holding back like a tear because what they're telling me is is really – it's just sad. And what they've been through is um, a lot. And I think there has to be some humanness towards like the relationship. And I would rather – if I've been through someone like this and I was on the opposite side – I don't think I would have a problem with my like therapist yeah. shedding a tear. I think there would be something almost nice about that.
0: Yeah. It's um, like, "Oh, okay. You recognize that this is horrible. Yeah. It's not just like there's a quick fix for it."
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I
0: know when I tell my therapist things sometimes and she's like, "What?" Or, <laughs> "Oh my god, that's awful." And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, right?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm not exactly. alone. You want to be
1: you want to be heard and um I think um that And that's what we all want. We all yeah. want to feel like in some way we're understood. There used to be the belief that as a therapist, we have to be like this stone wall and never show any emotions. And nowadays we know that's not to be the case. Mm-hmm. So if you are um, – if you see a therapist who is this like never changes over time and never gives any yeah. reaction, I would probably advise you to see someone else. Right. Um, because I don't see that as – a good model it's like a good it's
0: like any good doctor you have to learn every new thing that's coming out and every new way of way of practice so you can be on your best game
1: yeah yeah. no definitely and and the field is moving so quickly nowadays Mm -hmm. um and i always try to to stay on top of like what we're doing and um just the, the field is growing so much it's changing so much it's therapy is not just being done in an office setting it's being mm-hmm. done um like we said through telehealth and, and other things and i always try and stay on top of that curve yeah um and and trying to incorporate like new things into it so one of the things i'm personally interested in is i tried improv um some months ago.
0: Love improv.
1: Yeah. I I can't say I love it. <laughs> well, I do now. Yeah. But when well, it's
0: scary, but yeah, it's
1: terrifying. I loved and, it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was gifted that. So when I got it as a gift, these improv classes initially like my reaction was terrible.
2: Yeah. You're like, I no, wanted I'm not to, going. No, yeah. I
1: was like, return them. There's no <laughs> way. Like, I am not doing this. This sounds terrifying. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was the thing. I grew up with anxiety, but also that totally seeped in like social um social aspects of my yeah. life. And so when we're talking about going in front of a class um and, and just being silly and uh, it just it sounded terrifying.
0: It's so outside your comfort zone. So outside yeah. of your
1: comfort zone. And um so with all this said, I got done it and I was like, wow. As scary as it was. Yeah. This was actually like very therapeutic for me for someone who just doesn't like doing these kinds of things. Um, I think that was very helpful, even for me to like get on to like this platform and do this. Yeah. Um, this was something that was terrifying, but I knew if I did it, I would feel definitely... better. Yeah, yeah exactly. And well, so... improv
0: helps with like your reflexes of being able to, you know, yeah. quickly act quickly. Yeah, and exactly. No matter what, you always can like give some answer because. Mm-hmm. you you they train you to do that basically and never say no. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And there's so many it, it's funny when you see like the parallels of specific therapeutic yeah. um modules and like improv a lot of it is um very related. So there's like acceptance and commitment therapy um which focuses on just being mindful and yeah. having like um a certain level of, like, distress tolerance. And essentially, even though you feel uncomfortable, you just kind of go in the moment and, and do the things that are making you feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Um, and so improv, it's very much focused on, like, being in the moment. You're not supposed to think about what the other person's going to say. You kind of take it as it comes. Yeah. So it, it focuses on, like, mindfulness and just, like, being present. Whatever they give me, I'm going to go with it.
0: Um, and not being self-conscious either not being afraid of what other people will think of you or how you look or how you sound or any of that
1: yeah and that was the big thing that like the coach that i had would always explain it's like there's no such thing as mistakes and if anything the mistakes like we're funny and we were all laughing at each other we're all yeah just um acting foolishly but in a fun way it was like it was like playing when we were kids all over again yeah
0: when you take it almost you don't have to take it seriously necessarily but when you take it seriously you it ends up being much better material it ends up being much funnier yeah. and instead of being so stunted where you can't react and you can't move and you're really closed off then oh, yeah. it's just painful to watch yeah
1: and and now I think in the beginning, especially yeah. for me, like I was always like, I want to be the funny person. I right. want to say funny things. Right. If
0: you think you're funny, you're not funny. That's yeah. the, that's, the, that's something I've exactly. learned. <laughs> no, and it's
1: so true. And I would try so hard. I, and it was good because it was like an exercise for me to recognize that. Yeah. Like I was thinking about what to say in advance as opposed to letting the person – do what they have to do and reacting to it right so i oftentimes they said something and i had already kind of planned something funny to say and i'd be like oh no what am i doing like now now, you have to completely change yeah Yeah.
0: that's something you can't really think too much about like what you're gonna do or say you just have to let it come naturally which is super difficult because everyone's always inside their own heads trying to think of the next thing to say
1: no totally and that's why i think incorporating like things like improv into therapy I think it is yeah t- totally um and it, they're doing it I think I saw they have some like research papers out um I think they're doing it in in Chicago I don't know if Chicago is like a big improv. it is okay. yeah yeah I think it is right
0: it's where like all the big stars yeah. got their start I think
1: there you go yeah. so now you mm-hmm. have this this shift of utilizing this improv um in Chicago to um people who have social anxiety. That's great. Yeah, and I think that's awesome and I'm sure anyone with social anxiety who hears that it, it like will make them quiver. It's yeah. absolutely terrifying. Um but I think specifically with a group of people who potentially all have the social same. Yeah. anxiety, being in a group with someone who has like a therapy background who can kind of guide it a little bit. Um I think those the potential for that is really yeah can be really really incredible
0: i think a big key part of it is just listening to in and that is something not enough people do is just Mm -hmm. sit and listen to what someone else is saying and then when you listen you can react so much easier Mm -hmm. but if you're constantly in your own head thinking about what the next thing you want to do or say then when the time comes, it's just a really weird conversation, a yeah. really flat performance. So yeah, no, definitely. it's interesting how, how you, you learn basic skills by doing things that are totally outside your comfort zone.
1: No, definitely. And there, there's so much room to learn. And it's funny for me to think that I would be in a profession where essentially my main role is to listen. Yeah. Um, I would never think because I, I would do that. I think yeah. all the time would be like, what am I going to say next? Um, and that's just one of the ways my anxiety manifested was just living in my head and mm-hmm. thinking about what I'm going to do, which ultimately did nothing but hurt the matter. Yeah. i um, make the anxiety far worse. Um, but yeah, now you're kind of forced um, into really listening to what the people are saying. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, living in that moment, that's really a big component of being, like, what a th- what it takes to be a therapist.
0: Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people in different fields start taking acting classes and public mm-hmm. speaking classes and things like that. Because especially, um, even if they'll never speak in public, it's just a way to get outside yourself and be, yeah. be in an uncomfortable situation that... You wouldn't be if you're at your desk all day at work. Yeah. And there are those people who are so terrified to even speak up at a meeting mm-hmm. that it these basic things just really help. Yeah. And you just it's it is therapeutic. Kind of No, it you're is You're not yeah. yourself for a few minutes and kind of give yourself a break, but you're also it's shocking how much how much we can do that we limit ourselves just by what the horrible things we (laughs) tell ourselves yeah Yeah.
1: and that's the reality is like you're not you don't have to specifically like just do what it is that you're trying to get better at in order to get better at it like there's so many other ways to do it like you don't have to speak in front of a group of people to get better at it that's one part of it of course but like you can do creative things like improv or you can do acting classes or um all, all these different things and i think just doing things that are outside of your comfort zone yeah. in general is such a important aspect of like living a, a life that um has like that mental health equilibrium or right. whatever you want to call it. Right, yeah, balance and everything. Yeah, definitely. So
0: true, especially with create thing, creative things. Yeah. I think that's an important outlet. That it not just you know they have kids who are suffering from different mental health issues Mm -hmm. doing improv they also do it with painting they do it with all these different things that kind of are these little releases Mm -hmm. for your day-to-day because everyone's so stressed all the time and yeah definitely yeah
1: that's a thing i mean coloring by numbers or whatever right yeah it's like a big It's a big thing right now yeah. (laughs) yeah and that's essentially the reason why that's therapeutic is it's allowing you to focus on like one single thing and yeah. not be in your head. Cause that's how we live yeah. the majority of our life Not have
0: this immediacy of yeah. all these things coming at you all the time. And oh, yeah. the majority of it's bad news, whether oh, yeah. it's on the news or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. They have the adult coloring books now, like everywhere.
1: Yeah. It's big. Yeah. And, I, and it's big, I think because yeah, people see definitely a therapeutic benefit to mm-hmm. it. So, so definitely. And there's art therapy now is big. So like you're, incorporating that but yeah. also with like the therapy and so yeah i mean i'm always journaling open. journaling yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all these things and, and the reality of it is all these things are helpful yeah um so you find what works for you and you go from there and that's really have
0: you ever had a patient just say like listen this isn't working for me i'm moving on
1: <laughs> so I wouldn't say that happens as yeah. much as them just not showing up and kind okay. of like falling off the face of the earth, okay. um, which happens more often than not um, as a therapist. And I think it, it, part of that is kind of like hard to deal with because yeah. then you're thinking like,
0: is it me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like
1: what, did I do something It's wrong? like a breakup. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. And like you see these people for a couple sessions then you never hear from them again. Um, but oftentimes it, It's not necessarily you, um, and you have to kind of recognize that. For for my own mental health, I have to recognize that and be like, there's really – and I'm sure there's things that I could have done better or I could think back like that. But oftentimes, it's like, hey, these people are going through significant mental health issues, and oftentimes – the last thing they want to do is get out of their housing and, and go to therapy yeah. and or, were there for or them. it's
0: just a matter of payment and yeah i mean there's so many things that it's get just in the too way too hard yeah
1: yeah i mean fine yeah the finances and um insurances and everything else um yeah it's it's tough for for a lot of people and it's just the reality of it
0: so do you see a lot of people who are completely just i mean well just not diagnosed with anything and just go in because you know i mean i know you said you see couples sometimes so that's usually probably about their relationship but yeah
1: um i think i think we all have kind of something the the whole absolutely the whole yeah the whole diagnosis thing is like more often than not, that's more just important for insurance companies. Yeah. Um, oh, that's
0: true. So, in, in order, yeah.
1: the reality of it is, it's like in order for it to be billable, right. there has to be some diagnoses yeah. there. Um,
0: you hear that, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> tell everyone that you <laughs> tell yeah. your insurance companies that you have <laughs> these issues. Yeah,
1: and that's that's and what what is a diagno So, like diagnoses are important for specific cases. Yeah. Ones that have maybe some sort of like um like schizophrenia who who more often than not would need medication yeah um and they need that type of, of assistance but like the normal day-to-day patients that i see to deduce them to like a diagnosis yeah is, isn't all that helpful yeah
0: i mean i know i see therapists i don't have necessarily i yeah. diagnosis but it's you know yourself so yeah. that's that's interesting
1: yeah i mean i know i was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder uh-huh. if i went at a later time you could have probably got me with depression right or you could have got me
0: they're all tied together they are no it's and that's
1: so true such yeah, a fine yeah. line exactly and so depending on the day that i came in right <laughs> gave me a, a different diagnosis <laughs> yeah. and like especially like psychiatry where you don't see them oftentimes for that long yeah um and you're getting diagnosed essentially on the spot so, yeah. It's it's, a-
0: it's just like when you take a test in school and then you happen to have a really bad off day. You take that test, you get, like, the worst grade ever. And then yeah. <laughs> another day you take it and it's, like, a completely different grade. It's the no, same. exactly, yeah. It's really interesting. It yeah. all... It's like ever changing. That's mm-hmm. what I noticed too. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. And the one thing I do want to mention, especially on this podcast, because I think there's a huge stigma of it, and I think it's important for me to say it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, is that when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, I started taking medication, and yeah. a lot of people um are very scared to take medication. Um, but I started taking medication. I, I was put on Zoloft, mm-hmm. and I've talked to people who say. Zolof didn't help them at all. For me, it was extremely helpful. Um, it allowed me to kind of like just get back on track. Yeah, um, and I used I was... to take it. Yeah, <laughs> and what was your experience with it?
0: Um, well, I was put on it after I was on ADD medicine. So mm-hmm. my therapist had said that it would help bridge this gap of like emotions that yeah. I was feeling because I told her I was feeling really anxious from the medicine. I mean, in reality, I probably need a new medicine because now I have different medicine that doesn't really give me anxiety. So Mm. they – that was sort of – it was a weird time to take it. I was in college. It was very early on. Um, You're not supposed to drink on it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big drinker. so. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're in college, you definitely experiment much more. So yeah, it was a weird time. But I think – it's one of those things, like, I can't always tell if it's working until you don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? no, or it's
1: true. Yeah. It's hard to tell It's hard sometimes. to tell. Yeah. But
0: then when you get a different medication and you can instantly tell if it's not working, then mm-hmm. you kind of know what works for you.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. All, all these things, I, I hate to say there's not an exact science to right. it, but, I mean, each person reacts differently. Um mental health and mental illness and and these types of diagnoses like aren't as specific as like other medical treatments. So what works for certain people oftentimes doesn't work for others. Yeah. Um, But that is at the same time, the beauty of like mental health is if someone comes to me and says, Hey, my depression is gone. If I just um, spin around in circles for 30 seconds every day, (laughs) I'm at no liberty to say like, that's
0: not the case because
1: yeah, the reality of it is like, it's you what know. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a mood disorder. And if it makes your mood better to do that,
0: more go for power it. to yeah, you. <laughs> why yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah. So, but I think it, it is important because medication get, gets a bad rap and it allowed it does, me to, yeah. to get back on my feet. It allowed me then to create um, lifestyle changes because I had it uh, and my anxiety was at least manageable right. at that point. And I mean,
0: medication saves lives. Yeah, no, and it does. To, for people to put it down so much as being this negative thing is Yeah. It's disappointing. I mean, I know in a perfect world we it would be great if we were all, you know, able to function without medicine, but it's not a perfect world. No, so of course. <laughs>
1: and it goes back to the belief of like we all start with this kind of on the same like level. Yeah. So like if you can't do it without medication, something's wrong with you or you don't have willpower or, like yeah those things and that's I think often what happens and people are like well I want to do it without medication which can be fine yeah but at the same time don't rule it out especially if you are going through like more severe things and major depressions yeah one I mean um, that
0: I, I actually was anti um, anti-antidepressants that mm. I was given after my concussion I was like I don't need them I don't want to be relying on them and and that was the only, that was the second time ever that I was given those besides the time I was on Lexapro. I'm on Zoloft. Now, I was given Lexapro, but it was interesting because they kind of made me, you know, realize it's not something you necessarily have to be on forever. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a way, a tool that will help give you the foundation to put everything back together. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, there is that sense of willpower that you do learn. And then if you're able to not be on your medicine, you can find ways to speak with your doctor and get off of your medicine. But it's interesting. I was sort of, I think that, I mean, it was early on before I sort of came to terms with how helpful it is. And Mm -hmm. even in like the smallest, dose it's super helpful so i'm now a big fan of it i think um you know there everyone has different side effects to things so it's yeah it's all about the person
1: no definitely it is it's totally all about the person and that was the first thing that i asked when i was prescribed the zoloft was how long am i gonna have to take this for? right and my psychiatrist was like well some people take it for or have been taking it for like ten, fifteen years or whatever, and they're fine. There's no side effects for them, and whatever else, um, and and that should be okay too. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong if a medication is working, yeah. And you're not experiencing any side effects. Um, at the end of the day, really, what is what is the harm? I yeah. I, I totally understand the the desire to like want to go without medication yeah. if you can. But at the same time, if it's working, it's working. Right.
0: And there are some cases with fe- women especially and mm-hmm. who are wanting to have babies and things like that. Yeah. They they speak about how you shouldn't be on certain medicines mm-hmm. when you're trying to get pregnant and for its effect on the child. But I think that's what comes with a whole other set of hormones anyway. So who yeah. really knows what happens? but. It's, it's definitely interesting. I think if it works for you, then it's totally fine. If it doesn't, then find something else that works for you.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's funny, too. The only two times that I ever saw mental health treatment was when I got in trouble. Really? And Yeah, so one was in college <laughs> and one was after I got fired um, from a job. And um, both of those times – and I think maybe that goes back to – the whole school thing and yeah. like how it's treated because I still had those views of like I'm only going to seek mental health treatment when um, I get in trouble, right? Um, and yeah, so the two times I ended up seeing it, and I'm forever grateful now that I got in trouble because those <laughs> were yeah. the two times um, that completely um, and radically like changed my life yeah. and allow me to get a hold of my anxiety. Um, though I would encourage everyone to not wait until um (laughs) obviously you get in trouble um because of your anxiety or whatever else you're going through and to just seek help however you can yeah and there's definitely there's things out there SAMHSA has a website where you can find like things on a rolling scale um that'll meet your budget or there's definitely options out there um so just look into kind of what you can find and and seek that help. It's just important. Definitely.
0: I think if you're, if you feel like you don't need the therapy, like we talked about and you're feeling good, you probably still need the therapy because every, every week changes too. Mm -hmm. Like I go through days where I'm like, Oh, I'm literally so fine. I don't need anything. And then other days I'm like, yeah, I'm so overwhelmed. I need my therapist or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. So you there, it is important to just, keep going and know that I mean there are people I'm sure who suffer from something and then maybe they'll never suffer from it again for the next like however many years but some others comes in these waves where it's like once a week or
1: no it does and that's the what we have to recognize is like mental illness and mental health like mental health is something that should be proactive rather than reactive like we should constantly be thinking about how can we maintain our mental health even when things are going okay because the reality is life has its like inevitable ups and downs and we're gonna have to be in a good place and have control over our mental health so that we can deal with that inevitability so yeah so i think being proactive and react rather than reactive is so important
0: absolutely seeking help so i'm interested when it comes to personal relationships for you as a psychotherapist what is that like you know, whether romantically or just your friends, do they – do you ever – is it ever held against you in a way? Like, stop psychoanalyzing me, like, that kind of thing. <laughs> don't be a therapist to yeah. me when I don't need one right now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I do have to watch, I guess, how <laughs> I respond to certain things. Yeah. Because I definitely have had a few people be like, are you psychoanalyzing me right now? Yeah. Or like – um yeah or 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 try like to get me to be their therapist yeah. when like we have a personal relationship right. or like family or something like that um and obviously that can't happen though i'd be happy to to guide them to recommend the right... someone yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but yeah that comes up a lot um and i think um it's funny but it it, it is something to think about yeah. but it but that's also another thing too is like is therapy that generic that it's that noticeable? Right, that's too, true. Which helps me to, like, take a step back and be like, hmm, when I'm doing therapy, am I being that generic? Um, because it, there should be some – there should be more spontaneity. And right, like, be should like, you change
0: your language? Yeah. Like, the way kind of yeah. – yeah. I mean, I could see maybe it making someone else – Almost more like, oh my God, is he going to judge me? Or, like, does he know what's going on in my head? Or... Yeah, we're
1: not mind readers. Yeah. That's the good thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, of course, I, I understand or have some understanding maybe of certain things, but I never like to, like, try and diagnose someone. Or, yeah. Like, that, that's never, like, something that I, I want to do. Right. Um, but yeah, there's always that concern that, like.
0: Yeah, and you really need a lot of personal information oh, to be of able course. to. Yeah,
1: yeah. To and you, ne- you never know what people are going through um which is once again why like things like this are so important because it brings it out in the open and we're talking about it um and and yeah anytime that you can have these conversations where it's not between a mental health professional or in that type of setting is like so important whether it's with your friends whether it's over dinner at events um and and things of that nature um which is one of the things i I do want to say maybe as we're kind of wrapping up. Um, one of the things that I'm a part of is um, NAMI National Allegiance of Mental Illness, um, their young professional advisory board. We're having an event, which is for um, for NAMI and it's for fundraising. Um, but it's, you come, there's going to be like, you can pay for the open bar. You can pay um, for um, just the regular ticket without the open bar. It's an event to to have fun, to fundraise money for a really good cause, being mental health and NAMI. Um, I can give the information over here or you, we can also. You
0: can do that if you want. Yeah. When is it?
1: So this will be. That is a good question. And I should know that off the top of my <laughs> head. Um, so the website to sign up is NAMI, N A M I N Y C. Metro.org and then slash Y-P-A-B hyphen L-U-A-U. I also recognize as I'm doing this that you could probably just put it in your, um, what's it called, yeah. like in the summary? Yeah, um, I'll put it in. I'll link it. But the actual event, which will be on my calendar, is on, let's see. Oh, no. I was supposed to be prepared with this is okay. not gonna be happy with me
0: <laughs> it's nice of you to even promote yeah. them so
1: yeah you heard that nami yeah it's nice of me to promote you yeah. um it is oh wow i'll have that it's sometime in i believe march um okay. but we'll have that information definitely yeah, to you on that yeah the summary sounds fun yeah Definitely looking forward to it.
0: So you're also um, thinking about getting your PhD?
1: Yeah, well, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I, I did apply, yeah. um, and I applied with that in mind—the whole improv and anxiety—and yeah. because I think it's a really cool topic to explore. Absolutely. Um, and just other creative like interventions for anxiety that like focus around exposure, which is like just means putting yourself into those situations that produce anxiety for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am I applied for it. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and, and hopefully we'll, we'll see um, how that works out. And I'm definitely looking to kind of explore more specifically like anxiety because that's one of the things obviously that I have a personal experience with. And then just coming up with new creative ways of – Treatment because I think it's so important. I think we're moving a little bit outside of the therapy, like the standard therapy one to one, and looking for other ways of doing this.
0: Yeah, Um, more almost practical ways that people can apply to their lives every day. And
1: because I mean, that's the biggest thing is like you're not going to get anything out of a therapy session normally if you're not doing anything outside. Totally of the therapy or what you've worked on. Like there has to be some component that you're doing in your personal life. So why can't we try and combine the two almost um, or like, I don't know, like coming up with some ways of incorporating even exercise or something. because yeah. Exercise is so important and, and you're getting out. Um, so I don't know. Trying to figure that out. But that's definitely something that. Um, yeah. I'm interested in pursuing so who knows what we'll see
0: right i mean if you go to physical therapy working these same things all the time and then you apply them to your normal life so yeah. it's the same similar aspect yeah
1: no exactly like the your anxiety is not going to get better from just seeing a therapist right um it may get a little better yeah um but you're working to come up with practical solutions that you can incorporate in your life and it also takes facing things head-on after Or or slowly introducing yourself to those things um, in a way that you can work with your therapist and and figure out how to do it. So it's not comfortable, but also not, like, debilitating to where you can't do it.
0: So do you want to have, like, your own practice one day, you think?
1: Um, Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead (laughs) too much. (laughs) But, yeah, that would be nice, I think. Um, To have some freedom, of course, is always nice. Um, But I think whatever the practice or whatever it would be, would be trying to incorporate like new things because I have that freedom, not that standard um, psychotherapy, but trying to use what I'm interested in and whether that's improv, whether trying to incorporate exercise or whatever else.
0: Telehealth. Telehealth. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's, it's definitely a a thing um, that I've noticed is helpful. And while I was skeptical, admittedly in the beginning, it's something that, i'm all for now
0: yeah well that's Mm -hmm. amazing yeah well thank you so much for coming on neil yeah
1: thank you for having me
0: um i'd love to have you back on especially you and Allie, to have Uh, our talk about be okay once it's hit the ground running a little bit
1: yeah no definitely and if anyone stayed through and made it to like this part of the podcast listening to me talk Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I never thought anyone would want to listen to me for like an hour. Um, no, it's great.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure maybe you'll get some new patients. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah.
1: So, yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. You got it.